Chapter thirteen of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee, Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part three by Francois Rene de Chateaubriand. Chapter thirteen. London from April to September, eighteen twenty two. Passage of the Moselle. Engagement liver the deaf and dumb girl attack upon thionville a report at length gained ground that an action was about to be fought the prince of waldeck was to try an assault whilst we having crossed the river should make a diversion by a false attack on the place from the french side the party ordered on this service consisted of five breton companies mine included the company of the officers of picardy and navarre and the regiment of volunteers composed of young peasants from lorraine and deserters from different regiments this force was to be supported by the royal germans some squadrons of musketeers and various corps of dragoons which were to cover our left my brother was in this cavalry division with the baron de montboissier who had married a daughter of m de Malesherbes, a sister of madame de rosambo and consequently my sister-in-law's aunt we escorted three companies of austrian artillery with very heavy guns and a battery of three mortars orders were given to march at six o'clock in the evening at ten the troops crossed the moselle above thionville by means of copper pontoons amena fluenta subte labentia tacita rumore moselle ausonius at break of day we were in order of battle on the left bank the heavy cavalry were placed on the wings and the light cavalry in front on our second movement we formed in columns and began to file off about nine o'clock we heard the sound of firing to the left an officer of carboneers at full speed came to inform us that a detachment of kellermann's army was close at hand and that the action had already commenced between the respective parties of light infantry the officer's horse had been struck by a bullet in the forehead he reared and dashed out the foam from his mouth and blood from his nostrils this carbineer sword in hand upon a wounded horse was a grand sight the troops which had come from metz were manoeuvring to take us in flank they had with them several field pieces whose fire told severely upon our volunteer corps i heard the cries of some recruits who had been struck the last cries of youth snatched away in the vigour of life the sounds filled me with compassion as i thought on the poor mothers the drums beat the charge and we rushed in disorder upon the enemy we approached so near each other that notwithstanding the smoke the terrible countenances of men ready to shed our blood could be distinctly seen the patriots had not yet acquired that bearing which is only gained by a long familiarity with engagements and victory their movements were slow and irresolute fifty grenadiers of the old guard would have easily routed a heterogeneous mass of old and young undisciplined nobles a thousand to twelve hundred infantry were struck with alarm at the fire of a few discharges from the heavy artillery of the austrians they retreated our cavalry pursued them for two leagues a deaf and dumb german girl called libba or libba had become attached to my cousin armand and followed him i found her seated upon the grass which stained her dress with blood she sat with her elbow supported by her bent and raised knees and her head leaning on her hand which was passed under her fair dishevelled hair she wept as she gazed at three or four dead bodies now deaf and dumb which lay scattered around her she had not heard the noise of the cannon the effects of which were before her she did not hear the sighs which escaped from her lips when she looked at armand she had never heard the voice of him whom she loved had the two merely contained silence she would have gone down to the grave unconscious of being there moreover fields of carnage are everywhere in the eastern cemetery at paris twenty-seven thousand tombs two hundred and thirty thousand bodies 
will teach you what a battle death is waging night and day at your doors after a halt of some length we resumed our march and arrived by nightfall under the walls of thionville the drums were no longer beaten the word of command was given in a low tone with a view to check a sortie the cavalry moved quietly along the high roads and hedges to the very gates of thionville against which we were to open a cannonade the austrian artillery protected by our infantry took up a position at a distance of fifty yards from the advance works behind some gabions shouldered up in a hurry at one o'clock in the morning of the sixth of september a signal was given by a rocket thrown up from the camp of the prince of waldeck at the other side of the town the prince opened a continuous fire which was vigorously answered from the town we immediately opened our fire the besieged not thinking that we had any troops in that direction and not having expected an attack from that quarter had nothing on the ramparts to the south we had not long to wait the garrison mounted a double battery which soon drove through our defences and dismounted two of our guns the sky was in a blaze and we were buried in clouds of smoke i had the good luck to be a little alexander worn out with fatigue i was in a deep sleep almost under the wheels of the gun carriages where i was on guard a splinter from a shell which had ploughed up the ground six inches struck me on the right thigh roused by the stroke but not being sensible of the pain i only saw that i was wounded by the appearance of the blood i bound up my thigh with my pocket-handkerchief during the affair on the plain the ball struck my knapsack whilst in the act of wheeling atala like a devoted daughter placed herself between her father and the enemy's ball she remained to sustain the fire of the abbe Moyolet. at four o'clock in the morning the prince of Ardeck's fire ceased we thought the town had surrendered but the gates were not opened and we were now obliged to think of a retreat we returned to our positions after a harassing march of three days the prince of Ardeck had advanced to the very edge of the ditch which she had attempted to clear hoping to secure a surrender by means of a simultaneous attack the impression was that there were divisions within the town and they flattered themselves that the royalist party would bring the keys to the prince the austrians having fired without sufficient shelter lost a considerable number of men and one of the prince of Waldeck's arms was shot away whilst these drops of blood were shed under the walls of thionville torrents were flowing in the prisons of paris my wife and my sisters were in greater danger than myself End of chapter thirteen